This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Welcome, welcome everybody, holy, holy Jews. Pleasure, pleasure to get together with you again, and welcome to everybody on Torah Anytime. Thank you for joining. Parashas Emor. Listen to this, my friends, it's something that's today to share that's, I hope, truly touches uh, us in a deep way, because as we're going to see, that's the everything that the Nesiv Shalom wants to tell us today. This week's parsha opens up, Parsha's Emor, Emor ele kehanem b'nei Aaron v'amarta lehem l'nevesh le'itama ba'amov. Tell the kehanem, the priest of the Jewish people, the children of Aaron. Tell them, Emor, v'amarta lehem. And tell them, it said that already. Do not let them become spiritually impure. And this is talking about the fact that you always notice this at every funeral. Kehanim, the priests, Jewish priests, Jewish Kehanim, they can't go into the building and the room where there's a dead body. They can't. They have all sorts of rules in terms of what their involvement could be, even a tree that overhangs a cemetery, they can't be under it. Right, the, the, the laws of spiritual contamination through contact with the dead is told to the Kehanim at the beginning of this week's parasha. But why does it say, tell them and tell them? Tell them and tell them. So the Nesim Shalom tells us something so simple, pure and profound. I'd like to read it for you. A few different lines on page Tzadik Hay of the Nesiv Shalom. Whenever Hashem feels He needs to repeat, to say and make sure to tell them, or listen and make sure to listen, or be this and be this, and He repeats it twice, it's not an accident He's trying to stress something. He's trying to teach something. Rashi right there already tries to address it. That they should be, keep this law and they should also teach the children. But the Nesiv Shalom tells us that there's something more than just know it and teach it. The Indian kefilas ha'azharas. The reason why there's a double language of warning. Each one is talking to a different aspect of you. Say it to the Kayin, say it to the Kayin. Is talking to one part of the Kayin and then talking to another part of the Kayin. He says, and as well, we have the mitzvah. This Kaddishtem Visam Kedoshim. Be holy, be holy. What do you mean, be holy, be holy? That's not talking to the Kayin, that's talking to all of us. Be holy, be holy. You told me be holy. No, no, no. Be holy, number one, was talking to one part of you. Be holy, number two, was talking to another part. What are the two parts? Mechuvon saying l'neshama leguf. Hashem is trying to say, I'm talking to your soul, and I'm talking to your body. That your body and your soul needs to hear, and needs to understand as goidel chaymra sa'inyin. How vitally important this is that I'm trying to teach you, says Hashem. And not just your neshama and your guf in general. 
Your soul and your body, and from your head to your feet, your mind to your limbs, says the Nesiv Shalom. That when Hashem talks about something that is so profoundly important that we should understand and adopt as the way we live, then Hashem gives us a warning when He says it. And He communicates with extra language to let us know that He's not just talking to one dimension of who we are. But you have to understand this in your soul as well. Not just your body, your soul needs to resonate with this. And not just your mind that you conceptually can say over the words I said, but from your mind to your feet, to the actions, to the way you live. What I'm telling you now needs to go into you through and through. Says the Nesim Shalom, the Kehanim, they are our conduit to Hashem. All of our service in the temple goes through the conduit. It's through the conduit of the Kehanim. If they become impure, everything that we're trying to do in this world, uplifting the whole world and using the temple, the Beis HaMikdash, as the vehicle by which we bring spirituality into this world and elevate this world, if they defile themselves, we have no conduit. Warns Hashem, Kehanim, priests, from your head to your toes, body and soul, keep yourself sanctified. Be holy, be holy, Hashem tells every one of us. No, no, no. Don't just say holiness. Don't just talk about holiness. Don't just act holy. No. This is who you are. This is essential to who you are as a Jew. Body and soul. Heart and mind. Be elevated. Bring it into yourself. Don't let it stay superficial. And then Nesiv Shalom points out two more places where Hashem gives over this communication. That Hashem also says, before Matan Torah, before we got the Torah on our Sinai, <coughs> the period of year we're in right now, building up to our Sinai, Hashem says, Shamoya Tishmu, listen and listen. Ushmartim is brisi, keep the bris. And why? Says the Nesiv Shalom, because that too is Kol Yesoide Ayadus. The core of what Judaism is, is in that speech where Hashem says, keep my bris, keep my covenant. And V'yisem li segula, be my treasured nation from everyone else on earth. That's the core of what it means. Be with me. Be my treasure. Don't be like everybody else. Shomoya No, don't just pretend to be different. Don't just say, you're my people. Don't just think that you are my children. But have it ringing loud and clear all the way down into your soul and all the way through your heart and your feelings and everything you do.
says the Nesiv Shalom, there's another place where Hashem says, listen and listen. And what are the mitzvahs it says over there? Love Hashem. Serve Hashem with all your heart and all of your soul. Some says the Nesiv Shalom. Because each of these points is so important, so essential, so tremendous. Hashem gives us that warning. He says it twice. Nisan, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you, this guy, and I'm talking to your soul. I'm talking to your brain, I'm talking to your heart. I want this to permeate every inch of your being. This is a mitzvah that has to go through you from your head to your toes. That it, it defines who you are. It can't be misafalachutz just on your lips. It can't be something we just say. It can't just, we can't let it be relegated to just actions we do to mimic. No, says Hashem, that's selling it so short, that's selling yourself so short. That's not what I'm looking for. As the Nesiv Shalom says, no, what I'm looking for is Dorich Yedin. Dorich means through and through. Dorich Yedin, says Hashem. I'm looking for Yedin that are Jews through and through. Through and through to the core of their being. That's what Hashem's asking of us. That's the goal that we have as Jews. Not to be, have Judaism a two-dimensional veil that we drape over somebody who's very barely Jewish. No, chas v'shalom. What Hashem is saying, what the Nesiv Shalom is telling us is something so exquisite. Yiddishkeit, Judaism, the Torah, the mitzvahs, Hashem, loving Hashem, serving Hashem, being elevated, recognizing that we're Hashem's treasure people, that's something that needs to go and course through our veins. It needs to make our heart beat faster with exhilaration. It needs to reverberate in our soul and put a bounce in our step, heart, and mind. The way we talk, the way we walk, the way we breathe. What we think and what we feel. And the way our neshama, our soul, pounds inside of us, screaming, Ani Yehudi, I am a Jew. Get me to the love of my life, Hashem. Get me another mitzvah. Get me another drop of Torah. Get me a little bit higher. Because it's who we are. Through and through to our bones. That's what Hashem is telling us. It's in that way that Hashem calls to us. We're looking to be Jews with our ganze ganzkeit, with our total totality. 
This is what Judaism is. This is what Yiddishkeit really is, my friends. If it's just something we say, as everyone can say, I want to be a good Jew. Hashem's the best. Mitzvahs matter. We're so lucky to be Jewish. I want to be elevated. Everyone can say it. Talk is cheap, my friends. It's easy to say it. The challenge, and it's a challenge. I'm not saying it's not a challenge. But real Judaism is how deep it goes. That's real Judaism. When Hashem gave us the mitzvahs, when Hashem gave us commandments, it's not because he needed somebody to do his laundry list, because he needed somebody to, to get him a cup of coffee, because he needs somebody to do that for him. Hashem doesn't need anything. Hashem doesn't need us. But boy, oh boy, does he want us. So badly. And loves us so much. He gave us the entire mitzvah was just a way to get close to him. That's the whole thing. The entire Torah is just a love letter from Hashem. That's the whole book. Dear love of my life, could you please meet me here and here at this corner, at this address? That's what the mitzvah is. It's telling you where to meet Hashem for a date. That's what Hashem's looking for. You, that's not going to happen if it's just, oh, look at this book, oh, this weight on my head that I have to keep, and then he do it. Okay, here it is, I'm doing it. How special. If, if, if that's what it is, you did the action. But the entirety of what it really is about, why Hashem came and He whispered to you, I'm not just talking. And telling you a to-do list. I'm asking you show up with your whole self. So that I can embrace you with my total self. So that we could become a union. We could become something. We could spend time together. We could be, be, be something. intertwined between you and the the creator of the universe who could fathom it's the greatest miracle I want you to know something the single greatest miracle to occur in the entire universe it was not the splitting of the sea it was not the ten commandments it was not the revelation of our Sinai that is not the single greatest miracle that occurred the single greatest miracle that occurred in reality is that Hashem invited us and made it possible that we, finite, small human beings, can connect, love, be unified, and have a relationship with the infinite, holy of holy, creator of all of reality. That should not be possible. It's not possible. But Avo Mikakelis Ashura 
Hashem loves us so much that the impossible became possible. That Hashem gave us a way to do it. And He gave us a Torah that lets it happen even though it doesn't make sense. That's the greatest miracle that has ever occurred. When you wake up in the morning and you're able to say thank you Hashem for another day, that you're able to talk to Hashem, that's the single greatest miracle that has happened. How are you able to talk to Hashem? How? You are infinitely far apart. It's not possible. But that Hashem invited you to talk to Him. And He carved a tunnel through all of reality so that when you talk to Him, you and Him are right there face to face. Greatest miracle. Hands down, bar none, nothing else compares to that. When you do a mitzvah and you, you take your siddur and you daven and you take a chumash and you learn and you take a lulav and esrig and you light Shabbos candles, that when you do that, you and Hashem are closer than any two things can be in the universe. That you and Hashem, the two furthest things in the universe, become the two closest things in the universe. Because Hashem wants that so badly, that, that, that is the greatest miracle. And it happens every single day, every time you step into that relationship. But make the ganze ganzkeit with all of you. Not superficial, with all of ourselves, our heart and soul, body, nishama, head to our toes. Because that's what it is. That's what Hashem invited us into. Not to be involved in some sort of stale, superficial, two-dimensional experience. That's not, that's not what Judaism is. That's not what Hashem was trying to give us. And so Hashem reminds us and He encourages us. And He says, Emor v'amarta. He says, Bikadosh, Bikadosh, Shemoyatishmu. Listen. Listen all the way through. All the way through yourself. The Gemara in Sanhedrin says, Hashem is looking for your heart. Hashem is asking for your heart. Hashem is asking us to give Him that care, that focus, that passion, that it should matter to us, that He should matter to us. And that Hashem should care what we think of Him is the most profound act of love that has ever been displayed. This is what we want to be. Dorech through and through Jews, my friends. Through and through Jews. They say over that the Bedichever, his Hasidim bought him a lulav and esrit. So they had it put behind a panel of glass, ready to show it to him. And they brought him in. They said, Rebbe, Bedichever, Rebbe. Here's your lulav and esrit. He saw the lulav and esrit. He got so excited the Lulav and Esser that Hashem invited me to take. His hand shot forward. They ran right through the glass. And he grabbed the Lulav and Esser. He couldn't hold back. 
He couldn't wait for the box to be opened. His hands shot right through the glass to grab the Luvan Esrig. Oh, why? Because when you see a Luvan Esrig, as a love note from Hashem, as an invitation to do the miraculous, that Hashem called to your heart and soul to every inch of you, be this, do this, connect here. His hand shot right through. This is what it means. This is what it means to be a Yid, that it changes the way you act. Rabbi David Sevier just said over the other night that we're not the Greenblatt's. They did it right after Shiva Sunday night. They had Hespedim for Avnati Grimlat Zatzal. And Rabbi David Sefir described Shvisha Pesach, Avnata making Kiddush. And he gets to the words, You Hashem, you chose us. From among everyone, you chose us. And Shvi Pesach, the day that marks us marching out into the desert, that choice of Hashem on Pesach, to pick us. In the middle of Kiddush, Rav is crying. He's crying. Because Atam B'chartan, you chose us. We're not looking to say Kiddush, my friends. I mean, beautiful. Start wherever you are. But don't stop there. We're looking to feel Kiddush. We want to feel Kiddush. We don't want to say the words of Dominic. We want to feel the words of Dominic. We don't want to say the words of Dominic. We want to feel it. We don't want to say that we're connecting with Hashem. We want to feel it. And you don't always get to feel warm and fuzzy, but you want to feel that it matters. You want to feel it through and through that you're invested in this. To care about it. And the emphasis, I want to tell you something, the truth. If we're going to keep it superficial, if we're going to keep it lip service, if we're going to just say the words and put on a nice face, and toe the party line, we're not going to make it. Because you can't make it when you're faking it. I remember I once tutored, was it a 7th or 8th grader? And he was talking to me about school. And at some point he came up, he started saying how they, they cheat in the classes. They cheat in this class, cheat in that class. Cheating? Why not? You can cheat, you can get away with it, get a good mark. And then he said, oh, but there's one class we don't cheat in. Rabbi so-and-so, our Rebbe. Nobody cheats in this class. I said, why is he very stern? No, no, he's not stern at all. I said, why don't you cheat in his class? We can't do that to him. We could never do that to him. They had such a warm relationship with that Rebbe that although they cheated, they had no qualms with cheating. Wherever you can cheat, cheat. But with that Rebbe, we just can't do that to him. Our relationship with him matters too much to sacrifice it for a mark on a test. 
to go against what we know he wants, even though he won't even punish us. He's not stern. He's not strict. But we're connected to him. It's not like school, where school's the enemy, and we're only here as much as you make us. No, with him, it matters. With him, he matters. Oh, we don't cheat. It's the same thing with us, my friends. As long as Yiddishkeit is like school, it's what we got to do. We're going to look for ways to cheat. But when it's about Hashem, and when Hashem matters, and when we view a mitzvah like that treasure, and like that meeting, and like that moment that we get to connect with Hashem, and the deeper we bring it in, and it's a life's goal, bring it in deeper and deeper into ourselves, and so that our heart beats a little faster, so that we get a little excited, so that we see it as something unbelievable, something magical, something that we don't want to miss, then no one has to tell us not to cheat. And there doesn't have to be punishment. And even if we could get away with it, we won't cheat. Because we wouldn't do that to our Hashem. And we wouldn't do that to our beloved mitzvah. And we wouldn't do that to ourselves. That's what it means. Through and through Jews. All the way. You may say, how are we to attain this? That sounds lofty. That I react from the depth of my heart about a mitzvah, about a shin, about my Judaism. But it's not true. The Balatanya already tells us that every single Jew has in their essence the deepest love for Hashem. And he says, you see it. Because in history, when even the simplest Jews have been threatened, give up your Judaism or die, they gave up their life for Hashem. And even Jews that were not religious, when it came down to a decision of how are you going to die, a Jew or not, at that point, everything became clear again, and all of a sudden, they gave up their life for Hashem. How do you give up your life for Hashem? I don't even know any people I'd give up my life for. <laughs> now I gave up my life for Hashem, who's a being I've never even seen, and this guy's not even religious. Where did that come from? It comes from, says the Baal because in their heart, in their soul, in a deep place, in a deep part of us, we already love Hashem. Now we have to get to work uncovering it. But we're not starting from scratch. We've got to get to work uncovering it. Says the Nesiva Shalom, such an unbelievable thought. On last week's parasha, Kedoshim to you, the Pasuk says, Be holy. Chazal tell us what does it mean be holy? It means you could be so holy that the only thing holier than you will be Hashem. That's how holy you could be. 
Rashi quotes from us, for us right there. The Chazan tell us, you know what it means, be holy? Keep away from sin. Keep away from sin. The Nesiv Shalom asks such an obvious question. The Pasuk says, be the holiest thing under God. And you advise me that the way to do it is keep away from sin? I mean, that's not even close. Keep away from sin just means don't be the worst guy in the world. You should tell me that I got to go on to a mountaintop and I need to be doing some meditation, awum, awum, with the Tibetan monks, become one with nature. I mean, you got to tell me things. I don't know. I am the flower. I am the flower. You got to tell me something. I mean, what about you? Give me something to make me the second guy under God. I mean, give me something to work with. Keep away from sin. That's your instruction, says the Nesiva Shalom, exactly. Because you don't need to create your holiness. You are holy. You don't need to create your love of Hashem. You love Hashem. But you need to walk away from the poison that's choking that light in you. Get away from sin. Get away from the things that are muddying the water. That are blocking your light and your clarity. That's the only instructions. Get yourself to safe ground. And you will realize you are Kaddish, you are holy. You will realize you do love Hashem. You will realize that the mitzvahs do make you jump with joy. We need to uncover it. And the way to uncover it is to get away from the things that are poisoning it and clouding our vision and distracting us and making us immersed in visions, ideas, and philosophies that are incongruous with our holiness, with our connection with Hashem. Run away from it like a fire, like the Messiah Hashem says. Run from it like from a fire. It's stealing from us our own Judaism, our own treasure, the love of our life, our connection with Hashem. If we run from that and we set our minds on who Hashem is and what a mitzvah is and we take the book off the shelf and you start to read just to remind yourself to wake up that dormant part of yourself that fell asleep somewhere in the metaverse. The part of ourself that fell asleep somewhere in Hollywood that fell asleep somewhere, bombarded by social media, lush and horror, immorality, that part of ourselves that has fallen asleep, but is really a lion. Walk away from those things. We've got to give ourselves the space and start to read the books that just remind, they whisper back into the sleeping giant of ourselves and our soul. Look, Hashem's calling you. Look how great a mitzvah is. Look how great you are. That's all it takes to wake us up. Reconnect us. You don't have to build yourself from scratch. When we recognize that we're looking for it to be more and deeper, that we want it to go through us, 
then we're able to look around and see, hey, that is choking me. I don't like that anymore. You see, as long as you let yourself get away with lip service Judaism, so then it's very hard to recognize your enemies. Because you say, I don't see what the problem is. I don't see what the problem is. I still say Hashem's the best in the world. I say mitzvahs are the best. And I say everything. And then I go, and I don't learn Torah, and I don't keep the mitzvahs, and I speak Lashonara, and I expose myself to immorality. And it's fine, you see? It's perfect. You can do both. We only think we can do both. When we whittle Judaism down to its most unimportant elements, then we think we could do both. But when we recognize what the Nesiva Shalom is saying, is that if we do that, then we've missed everything glorious Hashem is trying to offer. And then when we realize what Hashem wants, and we want to throw our ganze ganzkeit into it, our whole heart and soul into it, and then we feel we can't, we're running into a wall. We say, why? What's choking me? Now, all of a sudden, we start to see. It's that. It's that person. It's that social media. It's that exposure. It's that environment. It's that place that I go. I don't want them. They're stopping me from being a full Jew. They're stopping me from loving this. Get out of here. Well, what do I need to wake myself up? Oh, take the book off the shelf. Oh, I've got to run to the shear. That's going to wake me up. I want my soul to wake from its slumber. To be Kaddish. And fall in love with Hashem. I want my hands to shoot out to grab a little Vanessaid. I want to walk into my sukkah and kiss the walls. I want to kiss my matzah. How do I do that? What will give me that? And then we chase after it. With everything we got. That's when we realize what this is. That's what it means to be a Jew, my friends. And that's what we're shooting for. But it goes further. That if we have any hope as Jews to continue Yiddishkeit, to continue Judaism, to hand it off to the next generation, to hand it off to our children, to our students, to our community, if we want that to happen, the only way that will happen is if we are talking from the depth of our being. If we come in and we say, oh, everybody, the class, everybody should learn Torah, Torah is so great. But you know what? When we get the chance to learn, we don't do it. They're going to pick up on that in one second. Children, no real from fake. They're like lie detectors. The second, they're not going to say anything. They'll sit there nodding. But in their minds, they know, we don't, we don't care about the Torah. Yeah, but what? I gave the most exquisite class on Torah. It's not about the class. It's about where did that class come from? That's what they're looking for. Did it come from the depth of your being? If we're not giving it over as through and through Jews, if it's superficial to us, then it's superficial to them, and then they say, what do I need this for? What do I need a schlep? This junk around that's just going to be baggage in my life. 
Because I'm not. I'm not a Jew. I just wear Judaism on top of me. What do I want that for? But if you come in and you're a Jew through and through and you say, this is our essence, this is our glory, this is our treasure, then they look at you and they say, how do I get that? If not the son spoke, if Yael spoke at the Leviah, and he said something unbelievable. He said it was 3 a.m. and he said to Rav Nata, Rav Nata Greenlap, anyone who doesn't know, lived 70 years here in Memphis, built it from the ground up, and started a day school, an Orthodox day school, when everybody said, it's impossible, and it'll never happen. And he was just 23 years old when he did it. So his son said to him, Daddy, Weren't you afraid that the school would be a flop? 23-year-old guy gets up in the face of everyone in the community and starts an Orthodox day school. You're crazy out of your mind. He said, Daddy, weren't you afraid that the school would be a flop? And if not, they answered him something incredible. He said, I'll tell you the truth. It didn't even occur to me. Because... The Torah is the word of our Almighty God. The Torah sells itself. I just needed to get 19 kids in that room. The Torah sells itself. This is the real McCoy. Torah is real. Hashem is real. The mitzvahs are real. I'm not a salesman. Of course it's going to work. Of course everyone's going to love it. It's the Torah. It's Hashem. He said, but two conditions. Two conditions. For those kids to soak it up and absorb it. One, you have to give over the Torah exactly the way it is. You say exactly the way it was given over on our Sinai and you don't change it and you don't tamper with it. If you change it, it's gone. That's not Hashem's Torah anymore. Condition number one, you got to give over the real thing 100%. And condition number two, said Rav Nata, when the Rebbe, when the teacher says, Avram Avinu talks about Abraham, talks about Isaac, Yitzchak, his heart has to skip a beat. The kids have to see that it's real to him. Then it'll sell itself. And they'll for sure keep it. They'll for sure be interested. This is the secret. If not to said that he saw something remarkable. There were reform schools that Rebnata met in his life people that were from Orthodox Jews that came from those Reform schools. And he met people that were no longer religious, that came from very religious Orthodox schools. So he started speaking to these people as he would meet them to find the pattern, and you know what he recognized? Is that it all depended on the Rebbe. That some of these Reform schools, they had Orthodox rabbis that had come to try and elevate some of those kids. And those rabbis that were there, they meant it. 
They were through and through Jews. Their hearts skipped a beat. When they would talk about a mitzvah, they meant it, they were excited. Hashem meant something to them. They, even though they were in reform school, talking to reform kids, who had no other exposure but this rabbi, but the kid saw in one second, he means it. This is real to him. This is his life's blood. I want that. And unfortunately, the opposite was true as well. That you could have a wonderful orthodox school, but the rabbi doesn't really mean it. It's not his core values. It's not really what his life's about. He just knows how to say it and how to package it. But at home and in his heart of hearts, that's not what he lives for. That's not why he wakes up in the morning. The kids picked up on it. So they said, what do I need this junk for? If it's fake to him, I don't need fake stuff. Get me out of here. I'd rather get the fake stuff in Hollywood. What do I need this? This is fake and it's no fun. They left. To all of us out there, every one of us is a teacher in our life. Teacher to others, teacher to children, to adults. Rebellion, parents. This is the golden rule. If it doesn't mean something to you, it's not going to mean anything to them. If we want to be great educators, we start by educating ourselves. Becoming through and through Jews, 100% Jewish, to the core of our being, so that we feel it. It doesn't mean we're perfect, it doesn't mean we can't make mistakes. Sure, we all make mistakes, but what's our core value, our aspirations, our real dreams of who we want to be? What do we really view as the greatest treasure and opportunity in life? That's what they're going to pick up on. Chazal tell us, Words that come from the heart, they go into the heart. If you speak from your heart, everyone knows this. Everyone around becomes, every eye becomes tear-filled when someone speaks from the heart. Why? Chazal say, if it exited, if it came from your heart, it goes into the heart. And the answer is, my friends, because if you want to plant a seed in someone's heart, you need to plant a seed that's native to a heart. That knows how to live in a heart and feed a heart. If you take a seed from your heart and give it to someone guaranteed, it will implant itself in its native soil, their heart. But if you say something with your words, but you don't mean it, that type of plant has no ability to grow in a heart. you want it to go in the heart, it has to come from the heart. And I'll tell you something I've seen in my own life over and over again. You see, Balabatim, simple working people. Simple working people. And they end up with children that are great Torah scholars, lovers of Torah. And you see sometimes people that are learned people, spend a lot of time learning, and their kids don't seem that interested. Now, kids have free choice. Your children have free choice. You can't take that away from them. 
I'm not saying that there's always a reason. Children have the ability to disregard their parents. That's true. But I have noticed a little bit of a pattern like Rebnota has. These simple working Jews, they may barely be able to learn themselves. But you see in them the chashivos, the value that they have for Torah. You know when you see it, you see it the way they jump up when a rabbi comes in and they go over and they say hello and they're thrilled to be able to shake the hands of somebody who's a greater Torah giant than themselves. You see it the way they make sure to go visit and be there when the Torah scholar comes, when there's a, a mitzvah, an event, simchas Torah, these simple, simple balamatim that may not be learned. You see though their sincerity and how genuine they are in terms of their value of Torah. Well, guess what? Their kids may have barely ever seen them learning because they're so busy working and they're so simple, but they sure picked up on their parents' dreams on their parents' core value. And they, who did have the opportunity to go to yeshiva and learn, they throw themselves into it because they see this is what my parents live for. This is what my parents view as the greatest gift that we have. So their kids become great Torah learners. And the person who learns a lot, but sometimes you see it's like a hobby. It's like a hobby. It's not his passion. It's not the core of his being. It's not what he wakes up for. It's not what he cries for in davening. The Hashem, open my eyes, light up my eyes to your Torah. The davening the made of a mitzvah help me cling to your mitzvahs. This rabbi, he didn't cry by that part. And his kids know it. They know he's not crying there. So what do we need it for? You see this so often. There are school teachers, rabbeim, that are polished They've got 10 degrees in masters of education. They're crisp, perfect jacket, shirt, tie combination, sparkly shoes, glinting cufflinks. They come in. A picture of professionalism. They don't make an impact. And then comes the other guy. He's so heimish. He's just a chilled out regular guy. He looks like he looks. He's not the smoothest talker, not the slickest curriculum creator. But he means it. And he turns around people's lives. Because it's not in the packaging. Sure, you got to have basic skills. But that's not what really matters, my friends. What really matters is that they're coming from the heart. Are you talking about the Gemara like you lived for the Gemara? Are you talking about Avram? Is your heart skipping a beat? 
When you talk about a mitzvah, do you say it with gaguim, with yearning? Or is it just another class? Is the Torah just another subject? And oy vavoy, my heart breaks, my friends, over how many institutions make this fatal error. And they go for the polish and the shine. And they take people that have something that looks classy, but it's not baked into who they are, and they put them in front of a classroom. They're not going to change people's lives. Quote me. And I'm watching, and I'm crying for those poor kids that aren't getting a chance. Because you didn't put a Rebbe in front of the classroom that breathes Judaism. That cries for Judaism. That bleeds Torah and Hashem. You didn't give them the right Rebbe. We got distracted. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted in who you hire. Don't get distracted in who you are. What matters is that it comes from our kishkas from deep inside, and that's what's going to go into others. That's what's going to turn their lives around. And every one of us, it's our responsibility to be that person. And it's our responsibility to give our children and our yeshivas and our schools those types of rebbeim, those teachers that mean it, feel it, breathe it, and care about it in the core of their being. That's what will change people's lives. Nothing else. Tell you something, my brother says over, my older brother says over, when he was a little, little kid in elementary school. A little kid. He had a test. He was so young, he did not even know that cheating was a wrong thing. That's how young he was. He had a brilliant idea. They're giving out questions. I have the answers on a paper. Why don't I look at the answer and fill in the questions? Fantastic idea. Brilliant idea. He was so innocent and he did it. He was so innocent that when he came home, he told my mother his great idea. Ma, look what I thought of. They gave the test. I, had to, I just held the paper and I copied off the paper. My brother says, that my mother's eyes filled with tears. And she said to him, I would rather you fail fail every single test you ever take than ever cheat again. That went in, my friends. My brother never, ever thought about doing that again. When you see your mother's eyes fill with tears, that their son wasn't the most honest person they could be, you don't forget that. 
You don't need to be a disciplinarian. You need to be somebody who cares. If we want to be a Rebbe, if we want to be somebody who wants to teach somebody, if we want to be able to say to these people that we believe that they have potential, that they could be great, if you're reading it off some quotable quotes, they know. But if when you see them, you see their greatness and what they can become, and you say, we need you, the Jewish people need you, then they will feel that. When you walk into that room and you say, you guys can do this, they will feel that. When you tell them, I love you guys, you guys mean the world to me. If you just say those words, if you tell your kids, I love you, but you don't mean it, they know that. You could throw a million dollars of toys and presents at them, but if they know that you're doing that to replace spending five minutes with them, they know that. And they're not interested. But when you say, I see, when they see in your eyes what you see in them, when they see in your eyes that twinkle because you value them more than anything, when they see in your eye that spark of love that's not going to go anywhere no matter what, when they see that little smile on your lip because you just enjoy them that much. Then they know that it's real. And then they don't want to disappoint you. And then they don't, they don't want to walk away. They want to absorb everything you're saying. Then you're their Rebbe. Then you're their parent. Then you can change their heart. Let me tell you something that's unbelievable. Unfortunately, we lost Reb Nata Greenblatt. He's a great Jew. We also lost Reb Zachary Wallerstein. He's another great Jew. I want to tell you something, a story that I heard from Rabbi Wallerstein. I've said it here before. And the greatest part of the story is that he was saying the story over to say the greatness of the guy in the story. He said he had a guy he taught in 8th grade. It was in 8th grade. And when the kid became bar mitzvah, he couldn't buy tefillin. Rabbi Wallerstein bought him his tefillin. Afterwards, the kid got into a bad crowd and went very, very far off the path. And Rabbi Wallerstein didn't really know what happened with him he heard that at some point he had joined a biker gang. That was the last he heard. One time he comes to a wedding, a wedding of one of his students. And there in the wedding, he looks up and walking towards him is a huge towering guy, leather jacket and all. And he is tattooed from his head to his toe. And Robert Wallerson is thinking, is this the guy? Is this my lost Talmud? 
And the guy walks over. He says, Rabbi Wallerstein, Rebbe, gives him a huge hug. So happy to see you. He says, Rebbe, come outside. I want to show you something. So Rabbi Wallerstein walks outside with him. Says to him, what, 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 what? you'll take me a ride on your Harley? He says, no, no, Rabbi, I want, I want to show you something. The guy takes off his jacket off his left arm, unbuttons his sleeve and rolls it up. And there, on his entire left arm, is the one place on his body that is clean and pristine and not tattooed. And Rabbi Wallerstein says, what on earth? (laughs) What are you trying to show me? What's going on? The guy says, no, let me tell you something. When I got in with the biking gang and I became one of the boys, they took me to the tattoo parlor to get tattoos. And they were designing how they're going to tattoo me up from my head to my toes. And I said, wait. One thing you can't put even one tattoo on. He said, what? My left arm. My left arm cannot have any tattoos. They said, what? Why? He said, because... I had a Rebbe. That means a lot to me. And he bought me something special called Tefillin. And they go on my left arm. And I still put on those Tefillin. And I don't want any tattoo in the spot where I put on that gift from my Rebbe. That's why I have no tattoos on my left arm, he says to Rabbi Wallerstein. And then he turns to him and he says, Rabbi, I still put them on. Now that is certainly the greatness of a Jew. And Rabbi Wallerstein was saying the story over to say how great a Jew is and how great that guy is. But let me tell you something. Why on earth would a kid who joined a biker gang keep putting on Tvillin? Why would he keep his left arm clean for the mitzvah of Tvillin? Because he got it from a Rebbe. Because he got it from a Rebbe who was a Jew through and through, heart and soul, and who he saw in his Rebbe's eyes. What that Rebbe thought of him. How much that Rebbe loved him. How much that Rebbe believed in him. Rabbi Wallerstein gave all that to him. From Rabbi Wallerstein's heart, he planted that in this boy's heart. And now this boy will never let it go. That's a Rebbe! That's a Jew! And the fact that Rabbi Wallerstein was saying the story over to say how great the student is, that's exactly what made him so incredible. Because he didn't see himself. He saw the other person. Look how great they are. Look how glorious they are. Look what they can become. I got to get them to fill in. I got to teach them. I got to show them that Hashem is waiting for them. Or Wallace gave his life for that. And that's why it went into so many people's hearts. Because Rabbi Wallerstein was a Jew through and through. In his heart and soul, from his head to his toe. He believed it. He breathed it. His heart skipped a beat when he spoke about it. He treasured every mitzvah like that. And he gave over that gift to so many Jews. And they heard it. 
and they drank it in. And it grew in their heart and in their soul because it came from His. And He changed their life because He was through and through a holy Jew. So for every one of us, don't let your Judaism stay out at arm's reach. Don't let Hashem stay as a distant acquaintance. But see the sparkle in Hashem's eyes. See what He thinks of you. See how He's calling you. See what He's trying to give you. And take those mitzvahs Bring them in deep and every day let's try and make it deeper and deeper. Stay away from the things that choke us. Wake up the part of ourselves that knows this. That believes it. Let's bring our Yiddishkeit into the depth of our being, the core of our being. So that we have that excitement. So that we see that in Hashem's eyes, and we respond the same. And then, when we feel that, when we know that, we could go into the world and we could share that with everybody. And everybody we meet will feel that radiating. Not off of our lips, but out of our heart and out of our souls. And we'll change the world. May we all merit to be through and through Jews, to see it as the treasure it is, hear the calling, spread it with everybody, to let the teachers of our children be those who have first taught themselves. May Yiddishkeit, Judaism, and Hashem be at the core and essence of who we are and the heartbeat and the sunshine of our life. May we all be zeiche to rush forward into Hashem's embrace. Mirza Hashem with the Geula Shlema Bimheira Liameinu. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.